You are listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. I'm your host, Marie. From my desk to yours, we're building bridges across Cisco and across CX Americas. Join me as we strengthen proximity, amplify voices, and have a great time. Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and let's get into it. By breaking away from traditional thinking patterns, leaders can open themselves and their teams up to new ideas and perspectives that can help drive better business decisions and help teams achieve goals more effectively. CX America's Vice President of Customer Experience, Jason Amanatula, continues to break the mold with his unique leadership style, which allows him to build and support teams who feel empowered to go against the grain and think creatively, and which helps our teams here in Cisco's CX Americas stand out from the crowd and differentiate ourselves from the rest of the market. Today, Jason is joining us to discuss what has shaped his leadership style and how he balances the responsibility of meeting business goals while being adaptable, flexible, and open-minded. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your career journey, how it led to your current role, and what do you do here for us in Cisco's CX Americas? Oh my God, that's a whole uh, hour to unpack. But uh, let me just start off by saying I'm the son of an immigrant that was an engineer, and you could either be an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer. So I thought engineer would be the one that was the most attainable. Um, my brother chose the one that I thought was harder. Um, so I ended up uh, becoming a software engineer and I found myself doing really exciting things in aerospace and defense, working for Boeing. I ended up getting three engineering degrees and you know, I kind of figured out I wasn't very good at engineering because it's all about a lot of process and stuff like that. But, um, you know, at, at the time in aerospace, there was this big gap between senior leadership and, and newer uh, employees or earlier in career employees. So a lot of opportunities to take on new leadership challenges because there just weren't people to do it. And that's where I fell into essentially managing people, then growing businesses and really, uh, you know, figuring out how to unlock talent, right, both of myself and of people. And I couldn't do everything myself, so I needed people to help me. And um, my leader at Boeing ended up coming to Cisco and asking me to come shift from a, you know, managing a big business to be an individual contributor as a consultant here at Cisco. And, you know, that's when I, I really learned people are going to be, uh, you're going to need people to help you on your career journey. And at Cisco, you know, I've had a number of roles, but now I am a, a, what we call a theater lead in customer experience. And in, in that I'm accountable for our customer's entire experience for a set of 150 large enterprise customers. So, uh, I feel like I'm really part of the company's transformation, and I love my job. I get to talk to customers every day. Well, we are certainly lucky to have you. So, Jason, you have a reputation, a good reputation, I should say, for being a leader that thinks outside of the box. Where do you think that comes from, and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you think of this concept of outside the box, because that's just kind of who I am. It's in my DNA that, um, you know, I just challenge everything that I hear. So and sometimes, you know, a reputation of being out of the box may not sound great, but it just means I'm constantly challenging everything, asking myself, are we doing things the right way? Should we be disrupting ourselves? And I think that comes from 
you know, a, a lot of us, I mean, all, all of our lives come from our early experiences. And, you know, I grew up at a time where um, ADHD wasn't a thing that was diagnosed. And that's who I was, somebody that was constantly distracted by new, new things. So um, while I had to really learn early in life how to cope with that. I had to also figure out how to focus on my strengths, right? Versus really get bogged down in what I'm not good at. And um, I think that living through that journey and figuring out how to live in a world that you don't quite fit in, right? And you've got to measure yourself differently. I think that's really become a superpower of mine, which is uh, really how do I look at, how do I focus on what I am good at and empower others to figure out what they are good at so we don't get caught into this, how do I put everybody in a box? So as much as I don't like to be labeled out of the box, I think that's where it comes from, really just uh, you know being able to be in a position where I can focus on what my strengths are, and that's super empowering. I should clarify that we do mean it very positively. Jason has a fantastic reputation as a good disruptor on the team. So we mean that in the best way. So with that concept of being a disruptor, how do you foster that mentality of risk-taking and creativity on your team? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I also need to be careful that I, I don't necessarily want everyone to model themselves after how I do things, right? Uh, because that may not be the way they think is how I think. And then so how I do it may not be important. So I try to make sure I don't just tell people how to do their jobs because this is your job function, but free them uh, to understand how they're going to be measured and even empower them to consider how do they define what success looks like because they may be willing to push themselves in a different direction and deliver better results than I may uh, may have come up with if I'm envisioning how I would do something. And I'm very clear to make sure every person in the organization can tie the work they do to the success of not just our team, but the whole company, but, but then also making sure not to tell them how I expect them to do it. And then say, all of us need to innovate. So go figure out how you're going to innovate. Let's bubble that up so we can, yes, take risks, but make them calculated so that uh, we have a balanced portfolio, if you will, of some higher risk investments and some uh, deliver the business investments. And everybody should find a place to put themselves in a strength and execute against that. And when we do that, I think we we operate at an amazing pace, right, which is everybody feeling they're showing up, able to focus on what they're good at and what they love doing versus being told, here's how to do your job, go do it. There have been times in my career where I've been in a position that I'm told how to do things and I don't feel like I'm focusing on my strengths. And I know there are people on the team that may feel that at some point in time. I tell people, let's try to figure out how to make that as short a period as possible, right? So that we can execute what's expected today and they get an opportunity to move on to that next one, right? It's not all, you know, roses out there. And I yes. it, right? But let's, let's figure out how do we make it as short as possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's all part of that journey. Um, you did bring up a kind of scary word maybe for some individuals risk, right? So how do you balance creating an environment where people can take risks and how do you balance for yourself taking risks, but then still you're responsible for ensuring the success of your team and the stability of your organization? And how can those two things coexist? If, if you're asking people in a big organization to take risks, there has to be trust, right? The trust has to essentially uh, come across as they feel if they fail, 
their job, their career, their livelihood isn't at risk as well, right? And so, uh, and again, that comes from trust and that comes through, you know, me being as open as possible around where the future of the business is going and people willing to take a risk with their current role because their pe- their peers and their leaders have their back that they will land softly if that risk does not turn into an opportunity, right? Uh, and I think as a company, Cisco does really well with that, right? Um, I think the way we've shifted from laying off big swaths of people to now focus on rebalancing and making real attempts that people are going to land in new organizations helps us to really encourage people that taking risks isn't going to have personal detriment, right? Uh, and then also making sure we're clear as to where we're going long-term as an organization so people can we can help and people can invest in their own skill sets, right? To know that they're moving their careers toward where the business is going. And so if we balance these things, then we can encourage individuals to want to take risks because that risk is going to actually push them to where the business is growing. I tell people, try to find yourself in two, two types of places in your career to create, whether it's advancement or fulfillment, right? So advancement isn't the term for everybody, right? But it's having a fulfilling role and being able to focus on your strengths. If you're in a fast growing business, right? Super exciting. If that's for you, it's not for everyone, but you know, there's opportunities to take on more challenges, take on new types of work. If you're the type of person who just wants to move on to new things or a fast changing environment, right? Which means things are changing so fast. There's opportunities to take on new roles, even if the business itself isn't growing. And in some ways that's where we are in our business is, you know, we're growing at single digits. And even as the whole company at Cisco, we said next year, we're going to grow on top of a fantastic year of growth, double digit growth this year to single digits next year. So that doesn't mean there's a lot of huge revenue growth. At the same time, the company is transforming. And where we sit in customer experience, we're at the heart of that transformation. So there's so much change that there's opportunities if we invest in ourselves that we can find ourselves as part of that future of where the company is going to be post-transformation. All of that leads to inspiring people. Hey, be a part of it. Let's go innovate. Let's go uh, take a little risk with how we deliver our business. I love that. And modeling that, that skating to where the puck is going to be mentality and making it safe. And I think you nailed that. Transformation is a pillar of the culture here at Cisco for sure. And creating that space where people can feel like they can innovate and they can be also looking for opportunities to break out of the mold and to grow. So has there ever been a time in your career where you have felt like, okay, I have to follow the quote unquote leadership rule book or leadership principles because it's what the books say and it's what the people say, the experts say, and how did that experience either work or not work out for you? You know, I was just thinking of this today, ironically, right? This is not, not prepared. <laughs> my daughter's going off to college. She is a Gen Z, right? And I'm asking myself, are we preparing the workforce for the Gen Z workforce of the future? I remember when I first became a leader, when I worked at at the Boeing company, we had what we called leadership attributes, right? So we were told what leadership meant. We told how it was measured and there was a system to measure it from top to bottom. But there was also an expectation of how you looked and how you acted uh, and what time of the day you're in the office, right? Like none of this hybrid work stuff, right? 
And I remember I had a, an employee that was early in her career. She would have qualified as a millennial, right, or a Gen Y at the time. And, you know, I'm kind of on the cusp between Gen X and Gen Y. Um, and she didn't dress well. Right, and she wore uh, clothes with rips in them, and she didn't tie her shoes, and I was told I needed to fix that, right? Uh, and to be honest with you, I ended up having to lay this person off, right? And so my loss or my company's loss became Google's gain because she became a security architect at Google and is thriving in her career, right? Uh, so <laughs> I really learned that I needed to find myself in a place where my values and my innovative, innovative spirit of needing to lead in my own way fit with the culture of the company. And, and it's experiences like that that really made me learn that wasn't going to be the long-term place I needed to be because there wasn't a match. There wasn't a match. Because I remember my first day as an engineer, I used to show up and not tie my shoes. I remember my leaders joking at a... Uh, retirement party I recently went to a few months ago about how I was the engineer that showed up and never tied my shoes, right? Well, I guess I'm lucky they didn't lay me off because I didn't tie my shoes. But I remember going through that experience of, yeah, there's not, we cannot have, especially in, like I say, the workforce of the future, we can't be measuring people based on how they look or how they dress. I love how that experience highlights the importance of letting people be authentic and how when we allow people to be themselves and to show up as who they are, that's when they can do their best work and that's when they can innovate and that's where they can find that success and take those risks. And I think modeling that is hugely important. So thank you for sharing that story. I love that it highlights the importance of that authenticity. You mentioned the new Gen Z emerging workforce, new trends, emerging talent, preparing for a new generation of people to enter the workforce. So how do you stay current with either emerging trends in the workforce, emerging technologies, innovations, what's coming around the corner so that you can then prepare and incorporate practices in your day-to-day you know i'm cognizant of the fact that this is an audio podcast but i'm talking to you over video and i see a lot of books in your background right so your typical executive may talk about all the books that they they read or what currently they are reading and i'll be honest with you i mentioned i have adhd and so reading is a very difficult task for me very difficult not that i won't do it if i have to do it but it's a a punishing experience um, and so I get intimidated when I see books. I, I consume information more verbally if I'm, uh, and so, you know, if I'm able to engage with the topic. And so I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, my favorite being, uh, the Freakonomics series of podcasts where we look at the causality of, of things, both in nature as well as in business and talk about the, the value of grit in business. And, uh, they bring in a lot of topics that then I can, weave a story into learning new things through additional podcasts. So that's just how I consume information and how I stay up to date. Uh, of course, when it comes to the new workforce, my daughters uh, try to keep me up to date based on what they're hearing on their latest platform, usually Snapchat or TikTok. I'm shocked to hear that Jason's not on TikTok. I have to say, <laughs> I, I am a uh, I have a deep security background, and I have gotten nowhere near TikTok. 
and you're not going to find me on Snapchat either because uh, we just had another uh, government security event. And if your data is out there, someone will get it eventually. So when they do, make sure it's clean. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say to someone who maybe after hearing the story that, that you shared earlier, who thinks, well, an engineer should be tying their shoes. This they, people need to dress a certain way. We need to have this level of of how historically we've looked at professionalism or these different lens or someone who might feel hesitant or reticent to be willing to color outside the lines. What would you say to someone who uh, is considering that but might have some hesitancy and, and is it worth it to carve your own path, so to speak. Uh, I'll say again, going back to focusing on your strengths, the, I mean, the way I look and present myself is not for everybody, and but I am comfortable with how I look. And so be comfortable with how you go about your day to day. And if you're comfortable with how you're doing it, you're going to be your best self at work and outside. Right. So uh, I'm not telling you don't tie your shoes when you show up to work and you might get more attention because it shouldn't all be about getting attention, right? Um, we we should be measuring on business results and empowering people again to make decisions and be able to focus on their strengths to deliver. But we shouldn't be also judging people based on qualities that are maybe not in their control, right? And so let's make sure we're looking deeper, understanding how do we uh, understand and help people understand where their strengths are. And I'll say, it took me a long time to figure out what my strengths are, what I were good at. I mentioned I got three engineering degrees. I wanted so much to impress my father and convince him I could be a good engineer. Uh, and it didn't work out. So it didn't come to me overnight. And I don't expect those early in career to understand uh, uh, what their strengths are going to be long term either. Right. And so as part of our career journeys, it's about understanding ourselves so that we can continually improve and, uh, and be in a position to focus on what we are good at. Yeah, I love that. And, and that theme of of authenticity um, coming out again in in uh, in what you said there. So a couple more questions before we wrap up. So if you were standing in front of or if you were you found yourself leading one of either the engineering or business classes that you have been taken, what is Jason's number one lecture or topic that he's covering about business or about leadership. What's what's item number one on your syllabus? Uh, I'll say I remember uh, when I was going to business school, uh, we used to take a bus two nights a week from Santa Clara to Berkeley. So I got a lot, I get to spend a lot of time with my peers. And I used to tell them, you're not going to remember anything from any of these classes. It's the relationships in this bus and the people you're going to meet that are going to be the most important. And while I was really great at the technical classes in, in business school, it was the soft classes that turned out to be more valuable. Right. Um, and, and I would, what I would probably teach is number one, the power of storytelling, right? We recently got asked by uh, one of our leaders, come talk about a best practice. I talked about the fact storytelling is how people consume information. So if you're going to if you're going to present a topic, present it in the theme of a story, because that's how our human brains evolved is through mm -hmm. telling these legends and stories before written language even existed. The human brain did not evolve to consume PowerPoint. That's the first part of the lecture. Uh, but the second half is 
not just telling stories, but create the stories of your life, right? Put yourself in a position that you're taking risks, that you are essentially creating the stories that you're going to tell. Um, and if, if we have time, I'll tell you a, a story that I created that I would leave this, uh, this class with. And that is, I, you know, I had a career coach one time ask me, what are the defining moments in my career? And the first one that came to mind is one of these where, again, I believe I created the defining moment. Uh, I was in this position at Boeing where I was managing a decent sized team, but I, I wanted to do something more, to have more fun in my career, to do bigger things. And so I was running a cost center and I wanted to turn that into a P&L that was doing things internationally, not just for the US government. Uh, in order to execute against that, I'd have to go pitch this idea to somebody. But in order to do that, I had to go to Washington, DC. So I took a side hustle, if you will, as a uh, chief of staff for a new acquisition at the company. I found myself in Washington, D.C. two times a month. Lo and behold, there was an earthquake in Crystal City, Virginia. Only one ever recorded earthquake in the history of Virginia. Uh, evacuate the building. Because I'm from California. Here, we kind of just move on from earthquakes. There, we evacuated. I pitched my business idea to my senior vice president. Within two weeks, I was in Singapore doing amazing things. Right. Uh, that was the defining moment. And that was the individual that gave me that call to come to Cisco. So it's tell stories, create the stories, and then most importantly, no matter how hard you work in your career, it's going to be somebody else that you're going to need to rely on that's going to have to give you a chance. Now, you've got to execute, but people and the connections you make are going to be what creates career opportunity. I can just picture Jason in the middle of an earthquake pitching this idea. What an incredible, that's it's unforgettable. So for our listeners who might not know, Jason is an avid runner, and I do admit to stalking his Strava stats from time to time. So when you're not running, when you're not here leading your team in CX Americas, what's keeping you busy? Uh, so I like to do what's called tinkering, right? It's funny. I actually had a neighbor one time. Uh, they were renting the house across the street, and he was building something crazy. I went to go talk to him. He turns out he was building from the ground up a crazy high-end Volkswagen Beetle. I said, what are you doing? And he turns out he was a author and a, um, a professor, and he talked about this kind of art of tinkering, right? And I said, oh my gosh, that's what I do. So he taught me how to describe it. I like to just take on new tasks so I could learn something new and I move on to the next thing. So, you know, I've built furniture, I've redesigned my backyard, built a, a pergola that I love to sit under and have coffee every morning. Um, you know, I built a kegerator and a soda fountain in my garage because, hey, I, why not? Uh, I recently just built an e-bike that I injured myself pretty badly on because it's way more powerful than anything you can buy, um, you know, off the shelf. It does about 65 miles an hour. Uh, and it's just this concept of learning new things is what I love to do. So uh, tinkering, I think. But it doesn't have to be with your hands. I'll say I, I believe it. Um, you know, there's a story of Kurt Vonnegut telling a high school class when they asked him, what's the secret to life, right? And he called it the art of becoming. And he said, go write a poem, edit it, make it perfect, love it, and then just rip it up. Because it was the act of act just doing it, right? And doing something new and pushing yourself that becomes important. And so not necessarily to be a life lesson, but that's what I do with my time. Like I really just try to just have fun with life learn new tasks, move on and make sure I'm just doing more fun things. Yeah. It, so, it sounds very uh, Zen, almost Zen garden, like where you're creating this space and then 
that thing, that poem, that whatever it is, is is gone. And then it's it's about the process of what you learn and who you become. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and your insight on leadership and really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. That was Cisco CX America's Vice President of Customer Experience, Jason Amanatula, sharing his perspective on navigating leadership while honoring the authenticity of not only himself, but his team. Jason is just one of the many leaders here at Cisco who truly embody the Cisco mantra of be you with us. Thank you for listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's program. Tune in next time as we continue to build bridges and create meaningful connection. From my desk to yours, I hope to see you back soon.